Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries and share the real truths about marketing and empower you to become a real marketer. Content, culture, there aren't many people that use those two words in the same sentence, at least none that I've heard of, except for today's guest on the show. He's given a lot of thought to what it takes to create compelling and effective content for a brand. While there are some obvious items that stand out, such as a talented writer, gifted designer, a clear understanding of the audience, the goals of the content, the one item that seems to be always missing is how the company's culture impacts content. I had honestly never thought of it until I talked to today's guest, and I would guess I'm probably not the only one who had never given this a second thought. But then it was like this light bulb moment when he started talking about how creating a culture for content. And I started wondering why no one had mentioned this concept before. In a few minutes, when you hear my conversation with him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. In this episode, we chat with Christoph Trapp, content strategist at Box Pop Me and chief content and marketing officer at the Authentic Storytelling Project. He has more than 20 years of experience in content marketing and journalism. We're talking about how to get your executive team on board with strategic content, creating a culture for content within your business, how designers and content writers should work together, and so much more. Well, I'm excited to have you on to talk about all things content, but before we dive into that, why don't you tell me something about yourself that very few people know about you? Well, one thing I don't really talk about publicly too often, but I'm actually a twin. Um, so there you go. My twin doesn't live anywhere near me. Uh, doesn't look all that similar to me. But, uh, you know, there is another version of me out there. So I want to maybe start at a really high level and really get your perspective on what is content and content marketing today? So when it comes to content and content marketing today, it's, you know, Stephanie, it's really a differentiator for people. How do you stay in front of people? How do you share your story by offering value? So that's maybe the biggest differentiator when it comes to true advertising, right? We just push our products, our features, buy, buy, buy. And in content marketing, we want to offer value for the audience. Um, how can we share something that that ties them closer to us, that helps them solve a problem, that helps them understand something? And then when they're ready to buy, they can still buy. Content marketers also like money. So let's get that out of the way, right? When people say, oh, my goodness, it's not about selling. But selling is different. There is a competition in really any vertical anymore. You know, I say, oh, that's really unique. Uh, like when I go into a new vertical and then I, and then I see, hey, there's like 10 competitors already, right, um, at, at least, that do very similar things. So content marketing and content strategy can help you stand out and can help you stay in front of people even when you don't have to sell to them or when they're not ready to buy. 
So then how do you think about getting, let's say your C-suite on board with investing more in content marketing when it doesn't necessarily have those immediate effects that I think a lot of us are ingrained to, right? We all want instant gratification. We want results or sales tomorrow, but content is more of a longer play game. So how do you think about like creating the business case around that? Yeah. So I always like to ask executives, how long did it take you to become an executive? And nobody ever says, uh, I became an executive overnight, right? It took them a, a while to get there. Um, or build a company or start a company or, or whatever, or bring a product to market. So all these things take time. So why, why, why does content need to be different? Even when you think about PPC campaigns, right? They don't always work the day you start them. I mean, I was just talking to um, somebody the other day, uh, Nava Hopkins, and she said, you know, you got to run them and Google has to learn about your company and Google has to learn about the, the industry. So it's not just content that takes time. Everything takes time. But I think sometimes... Um, it's that old mindset, you know, we, we do content for something like one thing and we push it out and we see immediate results, right? Even when I grew up in journalism, what would I do? I publish the newspaper, right? I write for the newspaper, the paper comes out, the next day it's a new day. But content and content marketing, you know, in the digital world is different. It builds on each other, right? And it's a, it's, it's kind of a longer term process, but once you do it well and once it works, um, you know, the, the cumulative effort over the time that you've invested uh, keeps keeps paying off and people keep finding you and, and you know, you have a chance at least to show up in search. And of course, now we have voice search. So people need to be aware of that as well. Um, but, but that's kind of how you have to talk to people about it and, and, and make sure everybody's on the same timeline. No, I think that's such a good point that you bring up because, and I love how you flipped it back on kind of like the CEO, right? Instead, well, I mean, did you become an executive overnight? I think it's just a really fun way to kind of have that conversation because it's so true. You can't expect instant results from something that isn't designed to create instant results in the way that they would want. So I think that goes back a little bit maybe to how you think about the culture for content overall, which I know is something you're very passionate about. So talk to me about this idea of creating the right culture for creating content. What does that look like in the ideal state for you? So, you know, when I wrote the book, um, Content Performance Culture, really what I realized is that um, a lot of people talk about creating content, uh, but they don't necessarily set it up for that to succeed. And here's the reality when it comes to content creation. Even when you're highly efficient, it still takes time, right? Even if you do a live stream or even if you do a podcast, there's still editing involved. There's still um, headline writing involved. There's still show note writing involved. I mean, it's not... Uh, everything takes time. So let's forget about that. It doesn't take time. And what happens is that our days are eaten up by Zoom meetings, by Slack messages, by emails that we don't need to be on, by all kinds of things that eat up time. And every time time gets taken away from content strategy or content marketing, you just lost that time. And then there's also studies out there, right, that talk about it takes you so long to go back to a task after you were interrupted. So I'm not saying stay off my back, everybody. I mean, you do have to collaborate, and that's a big part of having the right culture, but you be, have to be strategic about it, right? So like pulling in a writer for a meeting in the middle of the day when you know they're writing all day, it's probably not a good idea unless they tell you that they like that break, right? But a lot of times it's better to get them in the morning or get them when they're done writing and don't interrupt them necessarily. So we have to set up that culture of what we're trying to do. And then the next thing, I mean, there's many things, but one, another thing to consider 
is we have to look at the data. What are people reading? What's working? What's performing? What are people searching for? Uh, what are good keywords? You know, uh, going after keywords that are that have huge search volume probably doesn't work for most companies. You have to kind of find that sweet spot of what you write about and what you cover and how you address it. And then the other thing is, there's still a lot of uh, boiling, uh, watering content down. You know, it's like it's marketing gobbledygook. Um, have a unique perspective, have some personality. Um, and, and companies have to do that. And here's the reason why, because people actually relate to that more, right? When, when, you're, when you show some personality, when you're not so stiff necessarily. And the other thing, um, fair warning to the content creators um, and the audience here, technology is getting better and better. You know, I mean, the Associated Press is already using machine learning to write some articles, um, but they can't necessarily write with personality. They can't necessarily create a podcast like you and I are talking, um, you know, so that's kind of that's a differentiator for com companies as well to create that kind of content. So thinking about that, you know, you're like the second person I've talked to probably in the last like four or six weeks about this idea of AI creating content. How do you balance, right? There's a lot of efficiency in that. It allows you to create more content, but then also knowing that as consumers, right, whether you're marketing B2B, B2C or B2B2C, we're all people. We want content that engages us. So how do you balance the two? Well, I mean, just because it's created by a machine doesn't mean it doesn't engage people, but uh, there's a fine line, you know? I mean, do I know, can I put it in a better way than a machine can? It, it depends. I like to think I can but machines get better and better, right? To think about how do we optimize it to get you to pay attention to us. And of course they can look at what's working and what's not, and so can people, you know, but for content creators to still stay relevant, they got to find that niche. And if I'm thinking about podcasting, I think podcasting is one of the best ways, honestly, for companies to try to stand out because yes, there's more and more podcasts, but at the end of the day, there's, there's way fewer podcasts than there is websites, right? And now Google actually um, shows podcasts in search. So if you're not showing up on your uh, on your website in, in the number one spot, your podcast game, right? Especially if you push it to Google Podcasts, which you should. And the other thing is it shows our true personality, right? It's really, really hard. If I'm a jerk, and I, I like to think I'm not, Stephanie, but it's really hard for me to fake that for 30 minutes, right? I'm either people either like me or they don't. Yep. So, so that's kind of another thing people need to think about how they get in front of people um, and then use technology when it makes sense. I mean, the Associated Press writing sports articles, the very simple ones with a machine makes sense to me. I mean, it, it totally does. So you talked about this idea of creating a culture for content how do you help a company transition to that if they're doing it kind of the way they run every other part of their business, right? Where your content writer, maybe your designer are in meetings, you know, throughout the entire day, they're constantly being interrupted by whether it's Slack messages, meetings, et cetera. How do you start to make that transition and how do you advocate that you should? First of all, you have to make up your mind and realize that that's what needs to be done. Um, and then the next thing is you have to understand what it actually means to do good content and have a good content strategy. Uh, I sometimes go to companies and they say to me, oh, yeah, we want to create content. And I, and I say, like, what? And they said, well, they need content. They need content. And they don't answer my question. 
because I don't think they understand my question, right? So this is content. Us recording a podcast is content. Uh, me doing a VR video, which I can now do with my iPhone, right? With a simple attachment. That's content. An article is content. A tweet is content. There, I mean, me giving a speech is a content. So you, you got to be more specific. And I think we have to bring people along to understand how that works. Um, and then we have to find a way to, to find the right systems. And back in the day, I mean, I had bosses that would just come up to me, right, all the time. And that's kind of how it used to be. Um, but today we have to reallocate the time differently. So I think the, the agile marketing um, process is a good way to think about it, right? We're, we're setting priorities for the next week. We're working on this um, or the next two weeks, whatever the timeline might be. Um, and then, you know, you might have standups depending what your company is. Uh, some companies publish a lot. I'm not saying you necessarily have to do that, depending on your industry and your goals and your sales cycle and all those things. But they have daily standups, and that's where they talk first thing in the morning or whatever, right? Ten, ten minutes. Um, here's some barriers. Here's some things. Um, here's a couple brainstorms we could talk about. Um, hey, I was working on this article. I think I need another graphic. Can you add that to your plate so it doesn't wait another week? Um, and then you move on, right? Then you move on. Then you're working. And I think that that has become very clear during COVID when meetings all of a sudden disappeared, right? And people were all at home and people were just writing. People were just creating. People were editing podcasts. And all of a sudden production went up in some cases, certainly in other cases, it went down because now all the kids were at home and we had to adjust to that a little bit. Uh, but, but you have to understand how people work and how how it works and what you want them to accomplish do you want them to be there so you can interrupt them 10 times a day or do you want them to be there to create content and create a good strategy and, and go after what matters i loved your point about the impact that the pandemic has had on content creators because i've heard and seen very similar things a lot of those people have really liked being in their home and being able to focus and they've been able to create I think really exceptional content a lot faster than they were when they were more in the office setting, which makes me question, you know, not just how we work, but even how offices are structured after all of this to make people be able to be as effective as they need to be. Or, if, you know, I advocate for remote work being here to stay for anyone that wants it too. But let's think about this idea of content you mentioned already about, you know, you have writers, you have designers, how do they work together? Cause I feel like the constant battle that I've seen in my entire career is the designer wants to know the content before they can figure out the design. The writer wants to know what design concept we're going to go with. So they figure out how to best write it. And it's like this constant, like ongoing battle. How would you think about solving for that? Or how do they work together to figure out a solution? So both of them can be most effective. Well, first of all, you got to have the same goals. And that's, I think, a big problem I see in companies. Sometimes the design team reports up one area and then the content team another area. And then content strategy might be another area. I mean, you're already setting them up to, to fail just because, you know, now they have to maneuver all those different bosses to begin with. Uh, but the next thing is you have to put on a different hat to collaborate differently. And I actually just said this this week and I said, um, okay, here's how the designers can work with the content team. Here is how uh, that could work, right, when we roll that out in the next few weeks. And I said, now, I just want to be very clear. Most of my first ideas are usually crap, 
Like, let's just be honest. Like, I'm going to say an idea and you're going to think, who's this guy? He doesn't have any good ideas. And that's, you know, I, I talk to think, right? I, I think out loud. I'm trying to um, figure out what's the next best idea. So basically, teams need to plus each other, right? That's that's what uh, Steve Jobs talked about. You bring an idea in and, and somebody says, okay, and how about this and this and this? And by the time you're done, you have a better idea. So it's not just as much as throwing things over the wall and saying, hey, can you make this look pretty? That's, by the way, another thing. Um, if you're a designer and your only job is to make it look pretty, guess what? I can automate that at some point, And to an extent, I already can. So you got to bring your, you know, I'm a designer. I know what can work and I can collaborate with a content strategist or the content writer to kind of enhance the content that we're already working on. And that doesn't mean to make it look pretty. It makes it, you know, uh, more readable, more consumable. Um, some things should be graphics. They shouldn't be a paragraph at all. So that's kind of, I think, where that collaboration comes in. You said my favorite phrase, which is, can you just make this look pretty? It's like the number one insult to anyone in marketing and content ever, which is, can you like just go pretty this up? And I'm like, you don't understand what we do. It's the start of a new year, which means it's a great time to rethink literally everything about your marketing, including the culture you're creating for your content team. Are you scheduling meetings in the middle of the day, which is breaking up their productivity? Do you give them enough freedom to creatively push your content? If not, now's a great time to start. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.